You're listening to the Rising Rain Podcast with Nathan and Sterling. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. I was going to grab my water bottle. <laughs> Go grab your water Here, bottle. I'll keep them entertained. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Rising Rain podcast, um, to whatever number episode this is. Um, just before we get started, and as uh, Sterling's going to grab his water bottle, um, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, um, we started this new segment called The Forecast. And this, I mean, it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool name. We thought it was pretty fire, but, you know. Um, so it's called the forecast and basically what it is, is we hop on, um, our meeting and we talk about the past episode. Um, just went over, going over highlights. We talk about the next episode coming up, just a little teaser for you guys, um, to let you know, you know, where we're headed. Um, and then we talk about announcements and things like that. Um, and, it's going up on YouTube. And I, Sterling, I'm kind of debating just not posting the audio on the podcast to force people to go watch a YouTube video. Tricky. I'm Tricky. Away. I don't know. I think that's going to have to be a decision made by the people who are listening slash viewing the podcast. I think we built up a pretty decent following on spotify and apple yeah. podcast so i'm not sure we need to sacrifice it yet <laughs> no. yeah um, probably not but yeah no our, our spotify is doing quite well so we'll probably stick with it for now which i reckon blows my mind it's like why does everybody choose spotify over apple over like <laughs> apple podcast i don't know i don't know i'm a spotify guy i know i'm you're a, spotify a spotify guy, guy. but yeah. wh- why why spotify I don't know. It's, it's just it's just cleaner. I don't know. I don't know. I just I I start on Spotify. It's what I still do. You know what? To me, it's like Android versus Apple. It's like Android, Spotify, and Apple's Apple. I I think I've just been completely uh, brainwashed <laughs> by Apple products. <laughs> yes, I think that's it. Like I had a PC, and I was like, dude, this thing's garbo. Bought a Mac, and I love it. But you know. Whatever. You know what I use? Yep, PC all the way through. And you had an Android for a long time, didn't you? I did. I did. Well, not a long time, really. Well, when I yeah, first I met did, you, I you were rocking that Android. Always yes, sir. made fun of you for it. Yeah, never again. <laughs> Good lad. Pure pressure, bro. It's a thing. <laughs> so before before we get uh, into it, um, the shirts came, Ooh. everybody. And they're sick. And now I'm going to keep ordering them. And you guys are going to want the shirts. Um, I'll post a little clip with the shirt on. but Show them. Show the people. It's unbelievable. It's hand embroidered. Not hand embroidered. Sorry. I made a mistake. <laughs> this is funny. I made a mistake on uh, the, the video that I posted on the Instagram story. And I was like, yeah, they're hand embroidered. What's good? Not hand embroidered. <laughs> Nice, <laughs> but they teach the locals how to use a machine to embroider. Um, so I kind of false advertise there, but you know, I'm a human being, I make mistakes. So, um, is yeah. it is it like sewing machines? Because I mean, that's basically an embroidered, 
I think they're just using brighter just because it sounds cooler, but it's, I think it's solid. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the, the important thing to know is it's good quality. Like, it's proper Oof. stitching. It's not just one of those, like, iron-on patches. No, exactly. And it's, it's like, clean. It's nice. This thing's not coming off, and it's not going to, you know, what's the word? Flake. Wear. Sure. What, what, what do you call when, when the strings come out? Uh, unravel. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, your your R isn't going to unravel, that's for sure, ladies and gentlemen. And the shirt, honestly, I've been wearing it since it got here. I'd like the, I opened the box, put the shirt on, and it's comfy and breathable. And, you Very know, nice. I'm happy with it. I'm a good salesman. Tight guys, on the arms, loose on the stomach, you know. Yeah, look at those guns. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to order some more. And then on the next run, I'm probably going to add in hats. Oh, yes. And I know I know, Mean Sterling are hat people. And I love my hats. Are friends with us. You're, you're, you're going to have to be a hat person too for a little while. Azu, I don't know if you can wear a hat, but <laughs> that's, that's the next thing coming in. Um, so yeah, that's that's something cool. Um, and I'm super excited about and I was like, how am I gonna package these these shirts? And I was like, I went to the dollar store. Dollar stores are trash, by the way, because Amazon <laughs> Amazon's taking over. There's like I was just trying to find a like a brown paper bag. Yeah, like a store, lunch bag. And there's none. Wow. It's like what? You can buy them from Sobeys now. Yeah, but like to put shirts in, like with a, like a handle. You know okay. I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. this is not wholesome content. <laughs> um, We're waffling. <laughs> Sterling, I I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Do you watch TV shows much? Um, you know, I, I watch a bit of Netflix, but not so much. Um. Yeah, not so much anymore. I don't know. Like when school's not on, I watch I watch quite a bit of Netflix, but not mm-hmm. so much when we're in school. So what's your go-to show then? What are we looking at here? Like comedies or Well, you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna limit you. Whatever what what's your what's your favorite show on Netflix that you've watched? You're trying to judge me really hard on this, aren't you? Yeah. I sense you're trying to judge me. Okay. Okay. Well I'll bite. I've watched The Office twice all the way through. Okay, very common one. I, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, also, up I there. love that show. And I was like, when I first started watching Brooklyn Nine Nine, I was very skeptical, skeptical about it. Um, but and the only reason I was watching it is because you know that clip that's always on Instagram um, of of them singing. I want it that way by the Backstreet yes. Boys. It's so funny. So I started watching it and then, you know, it just hooks you. But I found this amazing show. Okay. It's honestly one of my favorite shows ever. It's yeah. called Ted Lasso. Oh, really? Have you watched it? No, I've, I've seen the trailers for it. Well, I'll tell you what, the, trail, the trailers do not do it justice. Really? Yeah, it's on, it's on Apple Plus or whatever. Um, yeah. We got we got our free, but like, dude, it's so good. It's like one of those shows where you you watch one and then you know how like the net Netflix loading screen is. Mm-hmm. It's like watch next, 
and you just you can't stop watching it and you don't want to stop watching it hmm. that's a, it, i honestly it's one of my favorite shows ever and the, there's only been two shows that's done that that and game of thrones and game of thrones was i never got into game of thrones so yeah, i don't recommend it you know why because it's, it's, it's a it's a large commitment man huge commitment you see things that you don't necessarily want to see and mm. you get attached to characters and then they take them away from you yeah and I mean, like, I didn't watch the show, but I was on social media, so I know that, what was it, season four, where people were livid? Oh, all the, every season, every season had something where you're like, this is garbage, and I'm never watching the show again. <laughs> never. And then you watch the rest of it, and then the ending is trash, because you, that's not how you wanted it to end, but it was a mm-hmm. good ending. Can't lie. <laughs> they did a good job. Yeah, I'm never going to watch Game of Thrones, I guarantee you. I don't know. You know, if you didn't hop on while it was trending, you're probably yeah. not going to hop on now. And that's yeah. just, you know, all good. But you know what motivated me to do that, Sterling? What's that? Because everybody else is doing it. <laughs> Moving on. Peer pressure. <laughs> Moving on to the topic of what motivates you. That was a smooth transition. Get that was, that was a good segue. I'm not going to lie. Oof. Pretty good. You got paid for that. But opening statement. Let's hear it, Sterling. Opening statements. Cool. Um, yeah, something we've talked about before. Amy talks a little bit about it in the forecast. Um, this is kind of an idea that we've been developing episode after episode, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like like the topics we talked about pushing yourself and sort of um, pushing comfort zones and all that sort of stuff, all that stems from motivation. So to me, it's an important topic because I feel like a lot of people, myself included at times, you don't necessarily understand or know like on the top of your head what's motivating you at that particular point in time, right? I feel like there's times when you start kind of feeling like you're going through the motions or kind of getting burnt out emotionally. It's at those points, that's where your motivation is lacking the most. So um, yeah, through this episode, we'll touch on a bunch of types of motivation, I'm sure. Um, And yeah, just kind of sort of give real life examples, um, just sort of some ideas that you can use to keep a high level of motivation in your life and a, a level of positive motivation in your life. And here's the thing, like I've said this before, I'm probably never going to stop saying this. Like I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know, a psychologist. I'm not anywhere along those lines, but I think one of the biggest parts of this show is that, you know, it's relatable and Mm -hmm. I'm a human being, which means I've lived parts of my life where I've learned from right and i and we we learn things every day to be able to apply to ourselves and what we want to be is relatable where we don't want to be like sitting here and teaching you guys you know because that's not that's not what we're doing we're giving we're just giving basically tips of what we've learned and if you can use that cool if you can't you know it is what sucks. it is <laughs> we do what we can yeah, yeah exactly um but i think my my opening statement, Sterling, is that this topic is something that could actually change a ways 
day looks. You know, mm-hmm. like if you you wake up in the morning, you get out of bed. What what are you thinking of? You know, what's pulling you? Like what pulled you out of bed that morning? What's pushing you to go work on school? What's pushing you to go on that run that you're like dreading? What pushes you to wake up before the sun rises? You know, like where do you find your motivation from? And if 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 we don't understand that, and I know for a long time I didn't understand that, like beginning of university, I had no idea what was motivating me. And that's like that pushed that pushed me to a flow of just cruising and just kind of moseying along, like doing stuff, but not really doing stuff like half, just like, you know, excuse my language, like half assing it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, you know, is that really how we want to live our days? Is that really how we want to be, doing the things that we love, right? Because even with soccer, for the longest time when I was a kid, my motivation was I just loved playing it, you know? And you find that you find that challenged when you get to university and you have all this and you have your relationships and you have, you know, <clears throat> a million things going on in your head and you get on the soccer field and you're just, you know, you're half playing soccer and half doing something else. You know, and that's because I lost where I was pulling my pulling my motivation from. So I think if we can help people with this, certainly, that it might, you know, change the course of a person's day or help people accomplish their goals or, you know, whatever. Help people yeah. through relationships, too. I think that's a big one. Yeah. And, the like, a big thing about – you kind of touched on it there, but a big thing about the point – that we're at in our lives is that we're having to draw motivation from different sources than a lot of people, because we're kind of in the middle of that grind, right? Kind of what you were talking about there. Yep. And um, like, it's easy to have motivation when everything's enjoyable, right? When everything's going well, like when you're in that like youth soccer stage, right? Where you just got practice every day in games on weekends and you're just doing it for the, for the love. But now right university degree we're two three years in um it's not always enjoyable right it's it's not always easy to draw that motivation especially well maybe a little more these days because we can roll out of bed and just turn on our laptops and be in class but <laughs> what's motivating you to drive all the way to school for that 8 30 a.m class right it's it's, it's yeah. that sort of thing um so you kind of got to understand what your brain is doing what what um like where your brain's going at points when things are going not so well, or when things are a little bit more of a grind. And that's really when motivation comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I I like that. uh, What you said about, you know, there's a difference between when everything's going right. And when everything's not going right, you know, because how, how can we be an individual who is still, motivated regardless of you know which way life is going for you and like i i feel like that's a huge reason why success successful people are successful you know like i know it's like kind of a broken record when you hear people say you know when you fail 
keep doing it, and successful people have failed more times than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like, okay, yeah, like, I agree with that. That's true. But how did they fail so many times, you know, and and still get to the top? And, you know, that's that's where that motivation piece comes in. It's like, what what is driving you so like so far ahead that when you fail you just keep going you say okay i learned from that what can i do differently right it's like what how do we pull that motivation and where should we pull that motivation from yeah yeah so like at this point we're 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 basically saying like there is a lot of questions that come into play when things start going or when not when things start going wrong, but when things start getting a little tougher in your life, when there's more friction, that's when your real sense of motivation becomes a little less clear. And that's where you have to start figuring things out. And it's at that point, like motivation doesn't operate alone, right? There's things that stem from operation and things that work or not operation, things that go hand in hand with motivation. Right. So um, yeah, just with the things you were talking about there, like, the ability of successful people to fail. And then that's where they say their success comes from. Well, really that's, that's not really motivation at that point. Right. Cause their motivation almost failed. Right. Cause they, they lost that sort of sense of direction at some point in their lives. Yeah. So then what it is, it, it, like it's that resilience, right. Or it's, it's that sort of grit trait that some people have to push through that and create sort of new motivation out of nothing seemingly. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think we can't just go a whole episode talking about simply motivation because when things start going wrong and when you start to fail in your life, it can feel like that motivation is completely gone. Like there's nothing there anymore. So at some point motivation has to stem from sort of baseline and then it's got to sort of be that resilience to bounce up from that and create new motivation out of that. If that makes sense. Yeah. I have a story. Um, and for you guys that haven't gone and listened to the episode with, uh, me and my sister, go and do that. Um, it's very, you know, eye opening, and you get to know a lot about me. Um, and, very vulnerable. And, yeah. Yeah. Very vulnerable. But for some reason, I feel like I have to tell the story and we'll see where it ends up. My brain apparently knows what it's doing, but I'm Let's like, have it. go for it. You know? So <clears throat> when I was a kid, you know, all that stuff with my, uh, you know, dad struggling with his addiction. Right. Um, there's time, there, there was a time where I didn't see him. Right. And in your kid's brain, you know, in a kid's brain, you, you automatically jump to, to assumptions. Like, almost every time right and that's just how a kid's brain is wired you just jump to assumptions and you know there's no uh, there's not a whole lot of logical reasoning behind why you think the things you think but being as young as i did i i I jumped to the assumption like oh he's gone you know so i start living life like he's just not there right and it's not the fact that i didn't miss him right and i didn't you know, think about him. It's the fact that, okay, now I have to set myself up and act accordingly because he's not here anymore. 
right? And so <clears throat> we, I feel like that assumption jumping is a huge thing when it comes to motivation, right? And so I'm, I'm tying the two together because um, if I stuck with that assumption, let's say for the rest of my life, he could have came back and I still could have been in denial, um, which he did come back and I wasn't in denial. Um, that means I came out of that assumption and I started to hope and believe that he was coming back, right? Which put me in more positive uh, mind, mind space and allowed for a healthier, I guess, way of living, right? So, <clears throat> and I, I use that vulnerable story because I feel like it's things like that where it's going to drain people of motivation and drain people of, of hope and, and thinking things can actually happen, right? It's, it's situations where they lose something or something happens to, some, to you know, somebody or something really close to their heart, you know, and that motivation just drains, like it's gone, right? But so let me explain why I'm tying the two, right? If we were to always jump to the assumption that that thing that we're reaching for is just not, is not going to be there when we get there, or we're not actually going to reach it, if we jump to those assumptions every single time, you know, our motivation is going to be to protect yourself and to, to refrain from that heartache, you know what I mean, or being hurt. And that's a very normal thing to do, in my opinion. But if we were to put down those walls of assumption, and, and again, it's a very human reaction to assume, and that's why we get angry, that's why we get frustrated or upset, you know, there's not a whole lot, lot of logical thinking when it comes to feelings. But if we can somehow train our minds to get rid of assumption and think logically about the goals that you want to achieve, I feel like the motivation aspect will come naturally, right? But we have to disregard that assumption piece because it can be I mean, sometimes it's okay, but sometimes it can be very unhealthy to where you're trying to be or what you're trying to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. One thing I have to say about that is oftentimes, like we think about a motivation being something that's going to drag us up out of a negative place, right? You sort of, you find yourself in this bad spot in your life and then to decide to drag yourself out, you set yourself a goal that you want to achieve. Right. And it's kind of out of, out of a position of, um, I don't know, sort of negative emotions, right. Sort of out of anger and frustration and like, all right, this is it. Like, this is what I'm going to do because everything around me is just going so wrong. So I'm just going to dedicate myself to this completely. Yeah. And I feel like it's a lot of people lose their way when there's, when the motivation comes at a cost of balance, if that makes sense. So that motivation is so life consuming and so um, emotionally draining and so just dominant in your life that you lose a complete sense for what's going on around you. And I, I think we did talk about a little bit about this in your, in the challenging yourself episode. Yeah. But 
I feel like, I feel like that's so key, right? When your motivation starts taking away from a sense of balance in your life and it's taking away from other aspects in your life because it was formed out of a position of sort of negative emotion, then when that, when that motivation lets you down, then what's going to, what's going to happen? What do you have left? Right. Yeah. So I feel like what you were saying there kind of built towards that in a way. Yeah, for sure. You're saying like those, those assumptions you were talking about, like you can't base your worldview and your complete life motivation off of things that you assume to be true or these negative emotions that are surrounding the motivation itself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Good man. That's good. We better let's start writing a book. (laughs) Yeah, man. Let's get on. Any authors out there? You want to write a book? I'd read this book, but yeah. um, Yeah. And I think, when it, when it comes to motivation, it's honestly not hard if you think about it. Because everything that you love to do in your life, the motivation comes naturally. You know, like we're talking about reading or running or, you know, sports or, you know, singing. Like anything you love to do, the motivation comes naturally. But when you're trying to do that thing that you love, right? And like you said, you're pulling your mo- that motivation from an unnatural, you know, part of your life where it's like, first of all, we weren't born as negative Nancys. We weren't born with, you know, this worldview, like everything's going wrong. I feel like, and this is just a personal opinion. Like, obviously, there there's a good, good and bad emotion for everything, but I think the negative, you know, mindset is definitely constructed as you grow up. And you know, it could be because of your family situation, or because um, you know you got bullied at school, or you know, it could be a, a bunch of different things. But it's constructed, and I think. <clears throat> the moment we start pulling our motivation from something that's unnatural, especially doing the things that we love or doing something that, you know, we want to do and we want to be successful at, and which in most cases is because we love it. Right. If we're pulling that motivation from something, you know, that isn't natural, I think it's going to ultimately at the end of the day, ruin what you're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely want to, want to develop on that idea because I feel like sort of a big thing for people, especially in university and especially going through school is a motivation out of almost like bitterness. Like, and I know I felt this at times too. Um, Like when, when you're just in a miserable stretch of school and you're just barely getting out of bed in the morning and just barely like staying away through classes, barely getting your assignments done on time oftentimes like you you said that that motivation will always be there because we're always going to be doing things as humans right Mm -hmm. so there's something pushing us we we may not always be aware of it so at times motivation is unconscious and -hmm. i think when we let our um, motivation run at the unconscious level for long periods of time that's when you start find that your motivation is coming out of sort of a negative or an unnatural place so that motivation of bitterness like i feel a big signal about that is when like at the end of the day, you feel no fulfillment in what you're doing, right? I know I felt this at points in time 
or you're like getting in your car and it's like the middle of the winter semester and it's pitch black outside 6 p.m and you're just starting to drive home and you're like i'm gonna cry what am i doing like what am i doing like for real like that that day was just miserable like what is going on in my life yeah and i think i think um like what you're talking about people hitting rock bottom and finding success from there. I, I think that's a real thing in motivation as well, because it's, the, it's at that point in time that you're the most aware of what's pushing you, right? There's points in time where you literally are, are looking around and you're like, I have no idea why I got out of bed today. I have no idea what I accomplished with my day today. So um, a piece of advice to people when you're in those points in your life, because there will be those points in your life all the time where you just kind of look around and you're completely lost in your purpose and you're not realizing you what's dragging around, like making you go the places you're going, take note of it mentally and sort of take an inventory mentally and tell yourself, well, be aware of why you got out of bed in the morning and sort of reshape that into a positive way Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to go through life in an absolutely miserable state of mind. You don't have to be completely unfulfilled at the end of the day. Um, you can find a better motivation the next day when you get out of bed and it'll make your day a little more fulfilling, a little more fulfilling until you realize that you're on a completely different path than you would have been if you had let those negative emotions run you. That's bars. That's bars, Sterling. (laughs) And that's so true. And I I think that's something that I've I've noticed when you, when you, and especially, uh aha, even better tying it back to the last episode as well because it's like or that uh episode we did um challenging yourself um when you talked about being silent i didn't notice how i was putting my motivation on cruise control until i actually spent time in my own thoughts right because uh, like when when we sit um like when we spend a lot of time with our friends at school right a very common you know, just way of acting is being like, oh, school, man. Like I got this assignment done, this assignment done. I don't want to go to class. I don't like, there's so many like negative uh, things being said in your friend group. And it's just like a common thing. And then you start like making fun of school, like, you know, and then you, and then you sit down and spend time with yourself and you're like, why am I trying so hard to do all this stuff? But then absolutely roasting it. You know, and you think about it logically, it's like, this makes no sense for me to outwardly act as if I hated what I was doing, but internally act as if, you know, there's nothing else I would rather be doing right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, that's beautiful because um, before we even started today, I wrote down one line, just one line that I wanted to get out about motivation. I said that it's an overwhelming life direction. When you have an effective motivation in your life, you can't help it from taking over everything else, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So when you find yourself um, like acting differently regarding your motivation or regarding what you're doing, then you feel about it inside or you're unaware about how you feel about it inside, I guess, is more, a, it's a better description that, that motivation, if, if it's an effective motivation, you'll know it's an effective motivation and it's something that's engaging and right in your life is when it takes over everything else around you without even really trying, right? So that's kind of what you're talking about there. 
if you're not liking your degree, you're going to find yourself falling back and talking trash about it to everyone else. And then when you're sitting alone studying, well, you're not going to want to keep that textbook open or you're not going to want to write those notes because you're just going to completely go on cruise control and things start losing meaning. And because you're not building towards anything, there's nothing taking over that portion of your life. So, you know, you have an effective motivation when it's so exciting, so engaging and so important to you that it takes over everything else without you having to force it. Yeah. And I think with that though, like you can even have that motivation and when you're alone and in your own thoughts, be so motivated and you're excited by it. Like I am. But when you get into a setting, you, you just all almost subconsciously just fall into that pattern, like with your friends or whatever environment you're in. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that if we were able to apply or just be so connected with yourself to a point where if you were put in an environment and you and people were talking badly about what you were doing, instead of falling into that pattern just because it's funny or whatever, you know, like defend what you're doing. Because you know for a fact you're still going to go home and you're going to study for four hours. Right? And instead of having that... And I, I am a true believer on whatever you say outwardly or however you act, you know, that's going to impact your mindset. But it's not going to impact your heart. You know what I'm saying? Your heart is is what it is. And some people have really big hearts for what they're doing. Right? And so for me, school is really important to me because I want to be able to take those steps in life and apply what I'm passionate about, which is, you know, I'm doing like, so side story for a while in university, I didn't know what I was going to major in because I was just in business and I was like, Hey, this is boring. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then um, I was talking with my, um, not my financial advisor. I don't have one of those yet. Um, my academic advisor. Um, And I was like, I want to take a major, but I don't know what I want to major in. And I was being influenced by the fact that a lot of people have been, have majored in marketing. And that's like a very common thing. Um, I was like, no, I don't want to be like everybody else. Right. Um, But then they were like, but why do you enjoy the marketing classes? Yes. What do you do in your spare time? Well, I have my own podcast and I like talking and selling and selling shirts and, you know, doing all this stuff. And they're like, okay, do you get good marks in your marketing classes? I'm like, yes. You know, and then I start, so I switch over to major, to major in marketing. And before I was so like, you know, kind of what am I doing at school? I knew it was important and I knew I wanted to be in business, right? And like you said, it's there is always going to be motivation and there's always going to be a subconscious feeling pushing you towards what you actually want to do, right? And so I finally get into marketing and now now I feel like I'm home. Now I'm like, let's do this, right? Mm-hmm. And so one, if, if you're it's, – it's not that you're doing something wrong in your life. It's that you just need to keep searching in whatever you're doing because 
if you have a motivation, it's going to draw you towards a part in your life, right? And for me, it was school. But that doesn't mean that you're going to be like, now I'm in school, I have it all figured out. You know, because I still don't know what I'm going to do after I get out of university. But it's like, don't stop taking those next steps. Take the next step, then take the next step, then take the next step until you find where you should be and where you feel con- content with. Because if if you just settle, that's when the motivation is going to go away. If I just settled with like, okay, I'm in, you know, just... um general management, you know, not really like aiming to pinpoint my degree. I, I would have been like, Kate, whatever with this, I'm going to go do something else with my time. Mm -hmm. But now that I've found where I, where I should be and where I want to be now, I'm like, all right, let's do as much as we can now. You know what I mean? So fine. Yeah. You got to keep taking the next steps. Like, don't don't reach where, to where you think you want to be, and then just quit. At there, like I I, I feel like that's a, another common thing that people do. You know. Yeah. So, gonna ask you a question, kind of in response to that. So, there's that point in time where you were, like, you knew you wanted to transition to a new degree. And then there's the time where you met with your advisor and then you started with your new degree that you felt passionate about. So my question is, what was the underlying purpose between all three of those points? There had to be something that was underlying all three of those points that guided you to say, yeah, this degree is not for me. That guided you to talk to that um, counselor to say, yeah, this isn't for me. What do I need to be doing right now? And then what's that purpose that's continued now that you're in marketing? Yeah, so I at the very beginning of trying to decide what I wanted to do, I was I already I was in my I'm in my third year of business now. Yep. <laughs> no, second year of business, third year of university. But um I felt lost. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing or where I was going. And I was like a huge reason was probably because I, I didn't feel like I was getting what I knew I should be getting out of school, right? And again, I was on that cruise control. I, I hit that cruise control button. And I was just doing the classes I had to. And it was just like, I wasn't, like I was learning information, but I wasn't learning how to apply the stuff that I'm learning to real life situations or, or I didn't feel like I was learning anything that I would actually use because I didn't feel passionate about it, right? So I was starting to feel unmotivated, basically. You know, I started to feel like, what is the point other than soccer to get to the end of these four years and work my butt off for a degree that is going to put me somewhere that I don't actually want to be? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was a combination of, of present time not really enjoying and feeling unmotivated and then kind of a like foreseeing the future and like what is this actually going to do for me in my life because if I and I've been a huge um, I'm a huge advocate advocate for people who want to do or are going to do what they want to do and that to them is success I love that right 
if you're doing what you're doing and you're happy and you think you're successful because you're happy, I love that, right? And that's what I want to do. And so thinking about, you know, the, the degree I was getting and not having a concentration and just kind of feeling lost, I was like, okay, I'm going to use my resources to find out. And I was still like heavily on the side, like I'm, I'm going to end up just getting a degree just to get a degree, you know, but whatever, let's meet with my advisor. Um, and, uh, you know, so I sent an email and it was just, you know, good direction from another person. Right. And I think that's ultimately what I needed was, was somebody else's point of view looking down cool um and once i got that i was like my eyes really opened up right and so i saw another perspective and then i i realized you know that what that lady said to me was very true and so now i'm in a place where i'm like i'm happy i'm motivated i know sort of the direction i'm going in and I, I like what I see. You know what I mean? Nice. And it ties with what I'm passionate and passionate about right now, which is like the podcast and stuff. Um, and it all ties together, right? So I'm learning about stuff that I can use for this, which is probably, you know, one of my biggest priorities right now. And it's like, we're happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... <laughs> like that motivation from you is kind of coming from a place where passion can kind of meet your career and kind of meet where you're spending your time. Exactly. Is that an effective summary? Cool. Yeah. And yeah, like just while you're talking there, like I, I kind of thought about something like oftentimes, like even when you say the word motivation, like what do you think about? You think about somebody who's just in the grind in order to get like, to buy a house or to buy a car. Right. But I feel like, um, effective motivations and sort of the, the successful people that you were talking about, the people you admire who are doing things they're passionate about, passionate about all the time in their life and they're happy while they're doing it and they're serving other people effectively while they're doing it. That is such a more effective motivation, you know, than yes. focusing on some material thing because, like, like I said about the motivation, it's something that completely takes over your life. So why aren't we motivated more often by just our passions, by, by mm-hmm. things that we hold on the inside that we care so much about? Why, why do we instead place our motivation and our value and our time and our resources on things that we don't even have at the, as the, pres- at the present time, right? Because I mean, you can kind of find that motivation from something that's internal from the, those passions that are inside of you that motivation is not really going to stop anytime soon because your passion isn't going to stop anytime soon, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Right. So I have one, one big suggestion I would have is like, take, take that advice. Um, like just, if you need a reset just look inside and say, what's, what am I passionate about? What have I always been passionate about? What's kind of a constant thing that I've held inside of me. That's been important from day one to day now. Right. And then reset your motivation to that because that will never let you down. You're not going to lose your passions just at the snap of a finger. But someday, if you, if you set your motivation at something that's material, 
well, maybe something happens, like you lose your job or something, that motivation is completely gone, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. disappeared. So really you take a deep look into your motivations is basically the lesson out of this. Yeah. Especially if you're in a time of your life where you feel like you're stalling or you've hit a wall or you're just grinding for the sake of grinding and you don't even know why anymore. <laughs> take a deep look at your motivations, look inside, see what's motivating you maybe unconsciously that you're not even aware of what's motivating you to do what you do. What's calling you maybe to take further action and invest more time, invest more resources and just turn your life direction towards that thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to build on that part. And then I have a question for you. Um, I think one of the coolest things that I've learned so far in university in in my business courses right because a lot of it's just like math and it's dry but this this uh one part is really cool it's um each person who enters the workforce is specialized in their own thing one person is good at one thing and it goes on to explain you know it's and it's it basically what they're passionate about because if you think about it, whatever you're passionate about is what you're going to become best at because you love doing it and you're going to spend the most time doing that thing. So exactly what you're saying, why would we make it so hard for ourselves? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know we talked about this. I know I'm interrupting your spiel, but no, no, no. We, that's, we talked about this it. in our <laughs> earlier, we talked about this in our earlier episode of sort of that grind mentality and how damaging it can be mm-hmm. when it completely just takes over your life. And then you, it, it's easy to fall into that sort of victim mindset, right? Where you yeah. feel like everything's going against you, but I just got to try a little harder and I'll get through it. Yeah. That, I think that what we've come to a conclusion about here is like, that doesn't have to be the case at all. Like the grind mentality might be a little overrated, especially in our age bracket and in our demographic. Okay, 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 okay. Before you go further, I have a question for you. Uh, I have a question for you. Have you ever been called to try hard? Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Okay. When has there been a moment in your life that you just felt like you were just trying too hard? Trying too hard. Um, Yeah. That That you were, like, you worked your butt off for, like, however long, and then at the end of that, you're like, why did I do that? basically yeah no um so i'm gonna go to soccer for this just because it's the one that popped into my head the quickest i don't like Mm -hmm. using soccer as an example all the time i think you know this but at some points there's really important life lessons that people get from sport and especially from moving into varsity sport that i feel like i can't always draw from other experiences in my life Mm -hmm. so anyways you know the situation at the end of our last season, what it was for me. Um, I spent two years on our team absolutely doing everything. <laughs> I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that. I did everything on the field and off the field that I could everything. to advance my position in the team to climb the ladder. Mm-hmm. So I was taken onto the team as of on in my first year. I was taken late onto the team because another goalkeeper had left the team and they needed someone to fill a spot, and I knew a couple of the coaches. So I was sort of just thrown onto the roster to be sort of a red shirt because MRU wasn't even my first choice, right? I just sort of ended up here because it's how things panned out. 
my first year, I ended up actually making roster for every game. I was on the game sheet for every game. Not what I was expecting whatsoever. I wasn't supposed to be getting any scholarship. And I got a little bit of scholarship my first year. My second year, I expected that same growth to just continue. I expected it to be exponential. You know, I wanted, I, I knew, I thought it was just going to take off. I was going to be the starting goalie by about halfway through the season. But that's just not how things panned <laughs> out, was it? I ended up injured for the first week of the season. And I was never able to find a consistent spot on the team from that point on. It was like I was, it was literally like I was banging my head against the wall. I was grinding Monday through Friday as hard as I could. I was literally running my body into the ground just for Saturday to roll around at my name, not to be on the game sheet. And then I was just watching the bleachers. And that was some of the hardest times that I've had in my life. Like, honestly, because, uh, when things were going so well, it was so easy to sort of see that vision and that motivation. But when things started going downhill, that's when I started questioning what I was doing. And that's when the people around me started questioning what I was doing. And there were a lot of people around me. And that's where I kind of got called a tryhard because, well, they didn't say it outright, but that's, it's what was implied because they knew how hard I was working for what I was getting on the team. They knew how hard I was grinding all the things I was doing on and off the field, how much time, how much even money I was investing into the team only for me to basically get screwed in the end was basically how the people around me were seeing it. So there was actually a point in that season, last season that we were playing where I'd been off roster probably three weeks in a row or something. And I was, I was really just, I was pretty done at that point in time. I was pretty fed up and, people around me actually suggested that I go and um, look into the possibility of transferring. And um, that was never something that I was like, I would ever expect to do, especially like first year Sterling. If, if I was told that a year from that, I would be literally Googling teams in our conference and seeing what the situation would be like if I were to transfer insane, mm -hmm. right. Insane. And I did have that grind mentality. I realize now to the point where I was just grinding for the sake of grinding. I did have that goal in mind of wanting to be the starting goalie, but was it really attainable? Was it really a feasible goal? Probably not. You know, it's hard to break into a team as a second year, especially as a goalie. But um, yeah, that's sort of where the grind mentality kind of let me down is when the people around me stopped seeing the vision that I was seeing really hard to draw motivation when the people around you, it, well, at least it feels like I'm not putting words into people's mouths, but it felt like they no longer saw the vision and I was on my own completely. Right. Mm -hmm. So in conclusion, yes, I've been called a try hard um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> long way around, but um, uh, the motivation from that um, that's when it sort of had to completely turn internal because it felt like I I lost a lot of things around me externally. Mm -hmm. um, and did you ever, through those moments, feel like, why, why am I not getting the play in time? I'm working so hard and nobody else is working as hard as I am. Did of course. You, did it, yeah, it felt like that all the time, right? And of course, what, it, it's, it's easy to play the victim always, right? Yeah. Always. And so what, like, what kind of, I guess... How did, that, how did that impact your mindset? Like, what... what, what where did that drive your mindset? Um, having that kind of mentality, like I'm the hardest working player here and 
I'm not getting anything. You know, where, well, where does that drive you? Well, essentially depression. Like I, I'm not going to say I was proper depressed, but I was definitely heading down that road. Right. Um, because when there's complete helplessness in what you're doing and, you, and on top of that, you feel like you're completely alone in what you're doing. That's not feasible because it felt like my motivation was gone and everything around me was gone with it. Right. Um, so like not to be dramatic, but that felt, that felt like a little bit of a rock bottom for me because it was really hard to come back from that. Yeah. Um, but that, that was definitely a turning point in sort of my sense of motivation where um, when that, when that friction sort of hits, you, you sort of start to realize what's really underneath kind of what you're, what you're putting out there. So I was just putting out constant grind, 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 do whatever I can do literally everything. Um, but, but it, it seemed to let me down. So that motivation started to turn inwards and started to come from a place of sort of joy and passion for what I was doing instead of just grinding for the sake of grinding. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was just about to get into. And I just figured this out in my brain. So I felt the same way. Okay. I worked my butt off in training. Um, and, you know, we would come, there would come times like Friday sessions and stuff where we are grinding. We're working really hard. And the people who are getting the most playing time seem like they're just, they're not. You know, and fun fact for everybody, there is something called trying too hard for what you're doing. You know, for example, and I've done this too, with making friends, there is something called trying too hard to make friends. To force a friendship or to force somebody to like you means that you are going to act like somebody else. You're not going to act like yourself. To in order in order to get or to force somebody to like you, you're going to do whatever it's possible for that person to like you, and that means you're assuming what that person likes. What I've found, and like, you know, that's like a junior high, high school thing. And going into to university, you know, like, I'm like, I, I finally found this mindset where it's like, you know, if I'm just going to be myself, the people who like my personality and like who I am, I'm just going to attract those people and that's going to be natural. And then that's where a, f- a friendship's actually going to form. You know what I mean? You can't form a friendship out of being fake. You can't form a friendship out of trying too hard. And that is with anything in life. If you are going to base your whole life off of making a million dollars, probably not going to make a million dollars. Because when you are trying too hard, you're going to try to take shortcuts. You're going to get so exhausted of trying to make that a million dollars that you literally just end up taking shortcuts, you know, and, and maybe falling down the wrong path. Right? But if you are basing what you're doing off of the things that you love, and like you said, Sterling, you actually went back to just being yourself and not worrying about, you know, playtime 
the next weekend, but you're worrying about right now and just trying to enjoy it, right? Because I've heard so many times, enjoy right now because five years later, you're not going to be able to have that opportunity anymore. Yeah, what the, what the heck is that, by the way? Who says a thing like that? Like, take take these years for granted. That's such a weird thing to me. I don't yeah. know. Just, just continue. continue. Yeah. Um, right? So it's like, you know what I mean? Like, you just got to not try so hard. Because the moment mm-hmm. you start trying so hard, you are either going to start beating yourself up, you're start gonna, you're going to start getting frustrated, and you're going to just end up doing things that you don't want to do because you get exhausted from trying too hard that you just want to get to the end as fast as you can. And then these emotions come rushing out and it's not healthy, you know, to being, being able to accept the outcomes of being, of doing what you're passionate about and doing what you love is very important. Like you, you can do something you love and not make the million dollars, then so what? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought of a beautiful example while you're saying all that. I'm going to draw a little example from a social psychology concept I learned about. Oh, Jesus and then I'm going to use it to there. summarize what we did. No, it's actually really interesting. <laughs> all right, already. Don't quote me on this because I took this course last year. But um, we learned something like the most common reason that Western relationships end, I'm talking like romantic relationships, Mm -hmm. is because there's a perceived imbalance between what the individual is putting in and what they perceive the other person is putting in. So there's that unbalance between inputs is what causes relationships to break now. Summarize what we did here a little bit today. When you're drawing your motivation externally, those material things, the relationships around you, whatever, there's going to be imbalance because as you keep feeding and feeding and feeding that goal that's so far away, what are you sacrificing behind? Are you sacrificing your friendships? Are you sacrificing time spent on other things? Are you sacrificing family, right? When you're drawing those motivations from inside, those passions that we were talking so much about today, passions that overwhelm your life and lead to such an easy motivation because it's something you care so deeply about and something that you're so guided by, that imbalance doesn't happen because it's feeding into all the things around you. You're not feeding all of your resources into your motivation. Your motivation is feeding into all the things around you. That makes sense. There's no lack of balance when your motivation is coming from a healthy place inside of you, but there is an imbalance and an unhealthy imbalance at that. When you constantly, constantly, constantly feeding this motivation that is so miles away from you externally. I wish I could drop this mic somehow. Like I wish I could just poof, onto the ground. I, I, I just think that's such a good summary of what, we talked about today. Like I, I felt like that encaptured basically everything we were going for. Mm. Like, like, wow. Yeah. yeah. You know what, you guys? Like, uh, 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 
that's all I got to say for you guys. I got nothing left. Yeah. Um, like, I don't, I don't know about you, but when we first started this talk, like it was kind of hard to talk about because motivation is such a hard thing to pinpoint because if everyone understood motivation so clearly, then it wouldn't be such a prevalent problem. We'd have right? flying cars. Yeah. So I feel like we were, we were getting at these ideas. We were, we were like just touching on a few things, sort of bouncing ideas off each other. But I feel like everything sort of clicked by the end, you know? So I feel, I feel like that's usually how it works there. Really. But I think, I think the biggest thing is, yes, I felt the same way at the beginning, but again, it's when you, we take these moments to just dissect and really look at ourselves, you know? Yeah. Because I I feel like if we didn't share, you know, our stories in that like kind of vulnerable context, we wouldn't have gone to where we got to. Yeah. Okay. I know. I completely agree. So, and yeah. So like, what, what are we guiding? What do you want the listeners to take away? What's your one point from this episode that you want listeners to take away? Cause there are lots of things that we put out there. I think two things that kind of, that go hand in hand. First of all, take a look at yourself because, and and listen to yourself, you know, there's lots of times where people will focus on other people's emotions and try to make everybody else laugh, but they're depressed. You got to, in some scenarios, you got to put yourself first. You got to be able to listen to your body listen to your mind and connect with yourself. Second, stop trying so damn hard all the time. You're going to get tired. You're going to get unmotivated. And do the things that actually just give you life. Because if, if, if you're trying so hard, if you're trying so hard at one thing that you have to go do this other thing to be able to do that other thing again, Think about it. You know what I mean? Like, I know a lot of people, okay, I'm doing so much work. When I get home, I'm just going to write or sing or read or whatever your passion is to be able to go to work the next day. It's like, okay, how about you change the course of your life and do something where you can go do that one thing Every day. You know, you're trying too hard and you're putting your priorities in the wrong place. So, yeah, I guess that's three things. No, that's two. Look at yourself. Look at yourself and stop trying so hard. Yeah. I'm going to add on to that. Um, Listeners, get your notepads out. I'm getting my notepad out. Right. I'm writing down three simple questions. Okay. One, two, and three. Question number one is... This is not something I had planned before today. No, um, usually is planned. <laughs> but I'm going to save these questions for times that you feel burnt out or you're in your car at 6.30 p.m. at the end of the day and you say, what was I doing all day? I better write, hold on, I better write these down because... 
You're about to drop some friggin' fire. And I got three simple it. questions. Three simple questions, like, but it's just what came to mind. Question number one, Sterling Kurt, what is it? Question number one, what am I doing? <laughs> okay. So that, that kind of leads back to the concept of um, when we go on cruise control, you have to be aware that you're in cruise control before you can get off cruise control. That makes sense. You have to identify Where? what on earth you're actually doing before you can reshape what you're doing. Love okay, the- so first, first question, what am I doing? Question number two, why am I doing it? Mm-hmm. So first you call out your cruise control and then you call out your unconscious motivation. Hey. And then three, what can I do to change the emotions I'm feeling? Okay, so these are the three questions that I'm going to use for when I'm burnt out. Maybe you guys will use them too, I don't know. But um, I feel like that's just an effective way in three questions of completely refreshing your motivation and sort of bringing it back to what you're passionate about and what's actually guiding you unconsciously that you may not always be aware of. Because I feel like when we're burnt out, there's always hope, right? The thing about rock bottom is there's nowhere under it. It's <laughs> far right, down so. as you can go. Um, and hey, you might ask those questions to yourself five, 500 times a day. But the thing is, is if you're not asking yourself those things, you're not taking care of yourself and you're not realizing where you are at the moment. If And things will not change, right? If you're not yeah, asking those questions. Exactly. So it's either you ask yourself those questions 500 times a day or you don't ask yourself those questions. And I'm pretty sure you guys can figure out the ending of each of those. I like that. If you want to change the questions around too, like, I mean... Oh, yeah. Right? Do what you need to do, man. We're I not like experts. That. Again, we're not experts. We're, we're just in this. You know, we're just we're doctors, apparently, after this episode. You're just you beating around the bush for a solid hour. You this can is what we came up with. definitely just start calling us doctors from now on. <laughs> yes. I have my PhD in knowing everything. Doctor in call? conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. Well, that was good, Sterling. I like that. Yeah, I like that. That was good. Well, I guess we're going to close the shop. But first, like, subscribe, share. And that's, that's all the words, right? That's all they can so. do. Like, comment, subscribe, turn on the notification oh, bell. <laughs> How are you doing that Press yet? That I don't know if right that's here. a thing yet. Yeah, ring a ding a ding a ding, you know? Yeah, oh my God. That's yeah, stuff. do it though. Do it. Click here for the last video. <clears throat> Click here for the next video. All that good stuff. If you haven't subscribed, but you're listening to every episode and you're following along and you haven't shared it, you're driving me nuts, first of all. What are you doing? Um, subscribe, please. And share it, and comment. We like to hear. We like to hear what you guys think. And you guys are very quiet. <laughs> hey, they're so quiet. Yeah, not a whole lot of crickets, bro. Yeah, you gotta be louder. So yeah, talk to us. Like, comment, share it, subscribe, and especially to yeah. our YouTube channel, YouTube YouTube channel, and 
Yeah. And that's it, right? That's all. We're good. All right. It's been a it's been a slice, Sterling. We'll see you guys later. Ciao, ciao.